Attention listeners, this is an emergency broadcast. Clowns from outer space have landed. Please do not pay any attention to their cotton candy and popcorn. And please... Do not think that a puppet show is really a puppet show. And don't follow beckoning clowns out of doors. Oh, yeah, no. Look, public service announcement right here. If you see a clown, giving you a little finger of come here, come here, come here, I don't care what age you are, you don't go with that. Also, I, 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 I think that's a good rule of thumb no matter what. That is a good rule of thumb. And more importantly, we should tell you guys this episode contains adult language, mature situations, violence, very screwed up and deformed clowns, laser guns, and insanity. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 102. Give me back my Pooh Bear! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review. Some podcasts and angry reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? And this is Michael, just hanging out, talking with Zan. Yep, back again for another fun-filled episode. And, well, remember, you can check out our very earlier stuff at www.sparkin.com and email us at sparkin at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, we're even on Reddit now. So you can leave us terrible messages on there. Oh, no shit, we're on Reddit now. I had to go on Reddit because people said, you have to leave your comments there. It's easier than going to the forum or the website. Oh, public pressure. Ah, the internet community. Well, at least we're there now. Well, we're there finally. So what is new with you? Oh, uh... Mm. <laughs> just trying to think what's new with me. Besides uh, what we're doing this week, i just working a hell of a lot trying to figure out how I can possibly prevent power from losing at my job and uh you know we called out the uh, electric company at my work and uh of course they say uh, you know the fact that we go down every morning at 5 30 isn't their problem and it just seems rather odd that it's a specific time so you know you get this great uh, explanation from southern california edison which is where we're located that uh, uh no not our problem it's your equipment which, to be fair, there, there could be some issues there, but it's like you guys, and they confirmed they are searching the lines at my work. So it's now a battle with a corporate entity. Like, is this our fault? Is this your fault? Okay. It's fun. You've got to love those companies. The power company, they're going to be like, yeah, we'll just turn off your power. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. That's where we're at. And, so, and it doesn't really matter. You can say, hey, we're spending $10,000 a month you know, for power. Oh, that's great. Screw you. My job, on the other hand, it's been interesting because of the quote-unquote snowpocalypse which was supposed to happen, which didn't happen. Yeah, but didn't happen a little bit after it? I saw, like, yeah, you know, from the news happened. reports that actually some stuff came after the fact. Yeah, a week later it got really heavy, and um, I got really sick after that, so I actually got to use my insurance to go to the doctor for the first time in X amount of years. Oh, score! Yes, and it wasn't that expensive to go, even though the doctor didn't give me anything except a neti pot. What? Oh, no, they gave me some, that's. Th- there was some other medication they gave me, but nothing for the cough, which I went in there for. So that's when you just hit up the Nyquil. Oh yeah, that's what I've been. Nyquil and Dayquil have been my bread and butter. Besides work, catching up with some lovely TV shows, including I saw episode five of Death Parade. 
you know, I was just thinking about that because that was the episode we've done together. I downloaded both of them, haven't seen them, though. And I'm wondering, on your recommendation, uh, are they? Uh, how did they compare to 1, 2, and 3? Especially, because I haven't seen 4 or 5 yet. 4, it shows a lot of the the whole message of the show, which I'm pretty much figuring is empathy, because it's another hmm. game. And then 5, you get more characters, and you kind of find out more about Nona, what her deal is. Oh, so so it does expand upon what we've already, you know, as far as the series is concerned, we're expanding upon the characters that they've already introduced. Yes, and also seeing Nona and another person who says he's kind of like God playing pool with planets, it's kind of freaky and cool at the same time. So, you know, Mars in the corner pocket for the win. Pretty much, I mean, and the cue ball oh. is the sun. Uh, so this is the like homage to, uh, was it the death, it was based on death billiards, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're going back to their roots here. It's yeah, it's pretty cool, but it's so far it kept up to being really good. I am enjoying it, and we now know a couple of the other characters who are involved, and we may be seeing a different bar next episode. So have you changed your feeling on it at all? Is it getting is it the same? Is it getting worse, better based on what you've seen from the last two episodes? I really like the last episode. This one seemed a little bit out of place, but I like the character development, so it kind of evens out there. So it's something to watch. I mean, it's definitely got a lot of potential, and we're going to see where it's going to go from here. Because, you know, the episode you reviewed it on said it was really, really, really fucking cool. It's still really, really, really fucking cool. I dig it. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's not too bad. It's not like the one with the bears that eat humans. That show is so retarded. It was like, oh, it's a good show. No, it's not. It's like they're what, lesbian is, bear. Is that thing. Ted, the director's cut? I don't think I've seen that one. No, it's it's the premise of the show is that a meteorite crosses Earth and all the bears come alive and eat people. So now humans are living behind a walled city, kind of like Attack on Titan, except the bears take human form and sneak into the city to eat people. And these two bears are in school and they're kind of lesbians, which is apparently against the bear god's law, but the bear god says it's okay because they go on trial. And at that point, I kind of checked out. I was like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> So there's, I mean, somebody was doing a significant amount of acid while writing this stuff, you know, in some weird fantasy land. Pretty much. Wow. Sometimes the stuff that's crazy is good. This is not good. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to avoid it then. Percy, I would like to throw some pies at them. I'm down with some pies. Hey, you know, I think that the, maybe that would make the show better. What are you going to do with those pies, boys? Oh, you got that accent going on, too. We're talking deliverance style here, eh? Before you know it, the uh, <laughs> the little bears are bent over and squealing like a pig, which is taking a different angle there. Oh, got yeah. bears squealing like pigs. Well, they're female bears. Right? Baby. Eh. But anyway, enough of that screwed upness. So we should get on to that thing which we're talking about, which we're supposed to be doing, which is our movie review, shouldn't we? I think we should. Movie review time. Awesome. So, if you remember from the last episode, episode 101, where we rolled that one that only did a decade of movies, it dictated us by reviewing a movie which came out all the way back in the far distant year of 1988. Ooh, we're going to take the DeLorean back there. Oh, yeah, so that also means, because it's past ten years, statute of limitations have passed. We could spoil the fuck out of this, so there will be spoilers. 
There, there will be. Uh, you can kind of guess where stuff's going, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that hard, because this is a Kyoto Brothers movie now. For those of you who don't know, the Kyoto Brothers, or specifically Steven Kyoto, who is like the big brother, they are a bunch of very twisted individuals who love making stop-motion animation stuff, either animatronics or videos or other things. Like, if you've seen The Simpsons couch gags, you know the one where they have the Gumby show up? Oh, yes. That was them. Ah, they did the Gumpy one. Okay, gotcha. They did a couple of other ones, including the uh, Wallace and Gromit ripoff in the Simpsons episode. They also worked on Critters. They're the ones that made the Critters go blow up. Which, Critters, one of my favorite 80s movies. Yep. So they're very good with special effects. Very heavy, and with this movie, they spent the majority of the budget, I think, on special effects. Not on plot. They're like, yeah, we just have an idea. And, and that, that, that really kind of is the charm. For the movie. Yeah. It's, you know, special effects great, plot, not so much acting, not so much, uh, although, you know, music pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty much when I saw $2 million, I was kind of shocked. $2 million? They had $2 really? million. I think it all went to the puppets, or the characters. Had to have. I mean, they're with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who else? Um, Kudos to them, actually, because you're right, given the movie and how it stands, $2 million, Wow. But th there was significant puppet work in the movie. Oh, yeah, and the thing... Well, we'll get into that in a second. So the movie's starring a bunch of actors who no one's ever heard of. The only ones that really matter are you got John Vernon. He's from a little unknown movie called Animal House. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, what movie's that again? I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I Pretty mean, it was, it was an indie movie, right? Yeah, an indie movie with some drunk guy named John Jim Bobo Ishi or something. No. Uh, I think I remember something about him. Like, yeah. you know, he was... Uh, I, I, I remember something on the news about him at one time, yeah, but yeah. aside from that, I, apparently he wasn't a huge comedian or anything. No, 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 no. No, uh, yeah. All kidding aside, John Vernon is pretty much, you know him as Dean Warmer. He's been in a bunch of other films, but generally he is that rude, prick, authoritative figure that you see in most movies. And the funny thing is, in this movie, he's not the boss. No, 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 he's not. <laughs> he's not even the deputy, apparently. I was like, what? He's not even, he's just like a regular low-level cop in this movie. You also have a veteran actor in this. You have Royal Dano, who I remember from House 2 and from Space Invaders, but here he plays probably the most entertaining character in the movie. Yeah, and, and they, I just wish he had more <laughs> in the movie. That's always the, that's what kind of broke my heart. I was entertained by him phenomenally. I was actually hoping he was going to be the star of the whole movie. Supposedly he was completely high off his ass when they did the movie. No, yeah, well, that was good because I was completely high off my ass when I was watching it. So it's fitting. It works. You have a bunch of other actors who really, I mean, you got Grant Kramer, who's now a producer. You have Joe Allen Nielsen, who is kind of the bad guy, good guy, but he's also the female lead's boyfriend, kind of, maybe, thing. <laughs> That's the best description I've heard. Yeah, it's like, at the end, you're like, okay, what, are they all going to just go into a major orgy? Is that the thing? Is it now polygamous related? Well, anyway, so what is the movie we're talking about? We are talking about killer clowns from outer space. If you have not seen this movie because you're afraid of clowns, well, it's not a particularly scary movie. It's not a particularly good movie, but it's an entertaining movie. That's what I wanted to talk to you about, Zan, because how old were you when you first saw this movie? I think it was in the 90s. 
Oh, so, so okay. So you know, you're 33. I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 here soon. So we're we're same generation, not only same generation, we're, we're, we're same damn age. We're millennials. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering. I did remember people in high school talking about killer clowns, and I hadn't seen it. I, this is the first time I've seen it. When you had mentioned it, we're going to watch this and review it. And I'm wondering if I think that you know there are some movies out there that are just they're cool classics, but they they're good no matter what. Killer clowns struck me when I was watching it as there's some great effects in it, but I. I think it may have more of a uh, uh, nostalgic aspect if you've seen it earlier in life, and then you're watching it now. You like you inherently like it because you saw it at a certain time. Because I watched it now and I liked it, but it was the tongue-in-cheek aspect of oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that's it exactly. It's the tongue-in-cheek aspect, and if you know what it is, you enjoy it immensely. If you go to this film thinking, "Okay, I'm here to watch a horror movie." and I'm going to be scared out of my mind, you will be sorely disappointed. This is a parody. Pretty much, the Kyoto Brothers have pretty much admitted, this is the blob. This is just a blob. It's, you have a small town, alien invader shows up, destroys a town, you have a couple of plucky heroes come save the day. That's what this movie is. Which was very kind of ballsy at the time. I mean, in the 80s, you're talking about, you know, there was a lot of horror going around. A lot of it turned out to be campy, but it was unintentionally campy. So to make a movie that's intentionally, I'm going to say bad, but intentionally poking fun and being a parody of things, it was a risk in the 80s. I mean, things were supposed to be outside of, Return of the Living Dead and movies like that. There were movies that, like, Night of the Demons, we look back on now and it's like, oh, okay, that's campy. But it was supposed to be taken seriously. Killer Clowns, they made it to be made fun of. And that's kind of, and people didn't do that back then. I mean, now we do it all the time. But back the then, it was kind of, you know, ingenious. But you have to admit, they were not happy, dumb clowns. These clowns actually were kind of menacing. Because the fact that, for those of you who don't know, the clowns, they're anatrox suits that the Kyoto Brothers designed that, first off, they're, they don't blink. Their expression, the face expression doesn't change. They actually use camera work to make the differences, like their mouths move, but everything else doesn't move. So you, they would do camera tricks to give them different, like they look like they're angry, sad, happy. It was all the body language. And they look messy because they look very unusual and unsettling. That's true. And you had moments in the movie, uh, this is where you know, the, the special effects, makeup, the puppeteering came in, where the, the clowns looked menacing no matter what, but there were aspects where they didn't look so menacing when their mouths were closed. And so you would have moments of, you know, they would just, you know, kind of a blank stare, but with the makeup looked like a smiling clown, even though they were a little bit awkwardly shaped. But then when they opened up their mouths, you saw these, uh, I don't want to call them fangs, but they were decaying teeth, evil-looking mouths. Yeah, and also the eyes were just very reptilian almost. Yes, like a, and a lot of times it would be either a blank stare or just a, a glaring. Uh, especially there was a great scene in the pharmacy where it was just, there were numerous clowns in there. <laughs> and uh, it, just the clowns think... look at the pharmacist was fantastic. His reaction was phenomenal. I think he survived. I think they let him live. For some reason. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, and he had to. I mean, you, 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 you can't kill off that guy. <laughs> just his reaction alone of just being in utter shock. 
you you saw this look in the in the movie of the pharmacist just you know complaining to the sheriff going i've been invaded by clowns i'm i I don't and of course the sheriff's not taking him seriously as no one would and he's just got his mouth agape and uh the clowns are just there to you know pile up shit and hey we want to buy this but we're not really going to buy it we're just like here's what we want we're going to go and he's like okay go ahead they just and i like that scene it's just everything else are going around marauding and then just these two clouds just walking in just destroying stuff and just toying around it's kind of gives them more personality than they've just were killing people that's it, it kind of gives them more of a motivation like they're explorers too they're not just evil well they are evil clowns but you know no, exactly. There was, a, a, and there. I think this took place in front of the pharmacy. It's weird because they kind of, you know, they they tend to cut away, and I can't really recall. But there was a scene right at the beginning of the movie when the clowns started invading, where a clown kind of became like an animatronic clown, or pretended he was an animatronic clown to throw off the people walking down the sidewalk. And I think that was in front of the pharmacy, so he would do yeah. really jagged robotic movements. And it was that was funny. He's looking at a animatronic bear right next to him. I don't look like the people here from Earth, so let me kind of blend in here. I'm just hanging out and you know doing the robot. And then they go. The females go inside, and the clown does his thing, whether go inside or, or whatever else. I can't recall it. I think that was in front of the pharmacy. Though. Yeah, yeah. And then then he goes, they cocoons the two girls. Then he goes on his rampage in there. I think that that one clown, the fat clown, every time you saw him, he just, he could never could get a person, because the first time you see him, he's trying to bait the little girl, and he doesn't get the little girl. He's trying. I mean, he's uh, working his ass off, and he almost had her, too. It's not for her mom. Yeah, her mom wanted him to eat her nutritious Big Top Burger. <laughs> Let's go for Marketing USA. What made no sense is, though, I say, it's, it's, uh, the one mom says, it's not fun anymore. Well, it's fun if you're winning. What were they winning? They weren't in uniforms. They weren't like it was like a baseball game or a basketball game. They just kind of were there. Exactly. And, and the script problem. <laughs> that was a great sequence, too. I love that. I love that entire scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. That scene, but back to my point. The other scene is you see him later on during the, the doorbell scenes. I still think the pizza one, it looks like there. When you first see the girl open up, the, the scantily clad woman opens the door and there is a cloud going, <laughs> and it, four clowns show up. It's kind of like, the back of you like, wait a minute, are they going to rape this girl? Well, I, I did. I got a porno feel to it, too. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is where it's going. And and she's, and then the crazy thing is, this goes back to the whole theme of the movie. She didn't seem very surprised to see clowns at her door delivering a pizza. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, pizza arrived. Uh, now, see, I don't know about you, Zan, but if, <laughs> I get pizza delivered to my house, especially when I don't order it. Normally, might not be a bad call. Um, I don't care if I order it or not. There are two clowns delivering it. My door is closed really fucking quick. Oh, yeah, no, she was like, I didn't order any. <laughs> Done. But then afterwards, you have the, the fat clown shows up at another house, and he has a heart of chocolate that he gives to her. And you see him, and then he says, oh, Henry, did you give me this? He has this messing look. He's raising the gun. Then suddenly he looks like he failed. I'm pretty sure she, like, slammed the door in his face. He can't get a kill. He can't. He's, he can't. <laughs> Unless you can in the, uh, well, he did. He can't get a kill. I think he's the failure clown. Yeah, there always has to be one. I was going to say that there was, you were mentioning the whole scene where they're going door to door, and, and they're always delivering candy in it, and, or, you know, delivering candy, delivering pizza. 
there was a scene right after that, right after, right before that, that really, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. There, there's a scene in the movie where, well, two main characters ended up going into the, it had to be near the beginning, ended up going into the alien spacecraft, which yeah. is a tent, which is totally fitting. And they start going into the different rooms, one of which looks like, essentially like how you would view in the 80s a, a reactor, even though it ended up being like one of those Eye of the Storm things you had as kids that would just throw little balls of light out, yes, little tes- strings of light ball, out. A Tesla ball. Yeah. Tesla ball, yes. And then they went into another room, and I swear, I got a feeling, all you saw was like little cotton candy balls and popcorn, and I, I just got a feeling that it was like, it was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, except it was all 80 doubt. Until, of course, we found out that the cotton candy balls actually contain human beings. It's people. People. <laughs> Don't eat that cotton candy, all right? Like, look, not unless you're desperate. I mean, if you're Fat Albert, let's go for it. I think those two idiots, the two, the, the twins, they would have eaten the cotton candy no matter what. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's. <laughs> we didn't even that's how they were written, and by God, they stole the show on that side. They were kind of. Well, for those who don't know, as we said, we explained the basic plot. There are these two characters that are thrown in just for comic relief. There are these two brothers, the Terenzi brothers, who first off, they got a ice cream truck for the purpose of picking up chicks. Which is a brilliant move, because by God, nothing turns on chicks more than driving around in an ice cream van with a little white hat on. I mean, that that gets them moist. But they did have two chicks in the car. But they both were like, yeah, no, two, they had two fat girls in the car. Oh, that, that was a great moment, too. Right at the beginning, it's like, we got chicks, and they, you know, the, I don't think they mentioned they had chicks, but we're going to go park somewhere, and then two rather large women, which, especially in the 80s, was not always used for comic relief, and they come out from the back, and, like, and they're sucking on a popsicle. I think one's got a fudge sickle, and, like, and they can't even score with them, because they're like, go ahead and take us home. That was a great, great scene. And then they, at the beginning, too, they went up to Lover's Lane, to try to uh, sell ice cream to teenagers making out, and they were using these obscene rants over the bullhorn, talking about, you know, if it's a stick. I'm Jojo the Ice Cream Clown with the bestest ice cream in town. We'll give you the stick, you give it a lick, and it'll tickle you all the way down. Ice cream, ice cream, we brought our goodies here to you. A tasty treat for while you screw. Let's take a break. Cool off those hot lips with our tasty frozen fruity bars, icy wicies, fudgy wudgy bars, and everyone's favorite frozen delight, the lick a stick. Jeez, what the? You know, got to lick it and all this stuff. It was, it was. The, the, those were some great lines too. Oh yeah, no. And these brothers just—they're the comic relief, and they're just really stupid. They do get some in the movie, really creepily, but they get some. <laughs> <laughs> they had to. You got to give them something. Yeah, they, they. I think they. Well, we could talk more about their sanity, but these two, they just like every time they kind of. These are the guys that, if you say don't split the party, they're the ones that split the party because they're stupid. Or don't push that red button. They push a red button. No, they have to. I mean, that's not only how they're written. That's how their characters are. What can you possibly do to fuck things up? Well, we're gonna do it. Well. Don't do it. Well, we're going to do it because that's how we're written. Every movie has one, except these guys were kind of exceptional in that aspect. There's always stupid characters. These ones, they were written that way, and it was, yeah. They're stupid <laughs> like a fox. 
stupid like a fox. And speaking of stupid like a fox, one of the great lines, and this goes back to early on in the movie when when the when the main couple is fleeing the uh, spacecraft tent, and they're being bombarded with a cannon full of popcorn. The female lead says, "Popcorn? Why?" And the guy says, "Because they're clowns. That's why." And I just thought that was such a great line. I'm like. I don't think I could rationalize like that, but it was just so matter of fact. Like, but, but, but there is they're a clowns, reason, so popcorn. Like, there is a but reason I, why. Never mind the fact that they're evil as shit, and we're in a freaking you know a, a tent, and we're being hunted down. Uh, they're they're clowns, so it's of course it's popcorn. Yeah, the gag for that lasts forty five minutes later. That thing you forget about the popcorn, and then they show there's a reason why they use the popcorn. Yes, that I liked the fact that they you forget about. It, they're like, wait a minute, what the hell's that? Oh yeah, the popcorn. It's alive and going to kill her. And then you had a nice, you know, uh, feeling from Night of the Creeps thing. Oh, yeah. I think also when Debbie's trying to escape her apartment when the one clown shows up, I love that she looks out the window and you just see the four clowns there dressed up as firemen with the trampoline. Just <laughs> randomly, it's like... that. That's when the humor hit full on, too. Because that, that's, you know, the whole movie was about embracing its campy, it's, but, but then they just hit on the humor. That was great. That was a great scene. There was one, two, and I don't know, Sam, if you know, if you remember the scene, there was a scene with, uh, right near, I don't know, midway, with puppets. Oh, yeah, the, the tall the, one who's pretending to be little, that one, with the gun? Yeah, there, were, there was a whole little puppet sequence, and the puppet ended up killing someone. There was a guy there, and I actually had to Google this, because the the guy that got killed in this puppet sequence, while he's watching a puppet show, looked... I had to take a second look at him, because I'm like, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? Like, he looked like... I'm thinking, is that a young Philip Seymour Hoffman? I'm like, did he do... And of course he wasn't, but it was a great... That scene alone was, was oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's just a guy watching a puppet show. And the brilliance about it is, you're... You know, it's in the middle of the night. You're going through the center of town, and oh, son of a bitch! There's a puppet show. Let me stop and watch. No one's around, but I'm just going to stop and watch a puppet show. Wow! Like, don't count me in on any of that shit. I see a puppet show going down. You know, at like, you know, ten o'clock at night. I'm not watching it. You know, and then not because of this movie, but because I got common sense. I think that the most peculiar and the, the best death, maybe, would be the the biker clown. Oh, yes, yes. That one was, you're talking of the scene with the decapitation? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Comes up. down back with boxing gloves, and, and actually, you're kind of cheering on the clown in that respect. Yeah, because the guy was a jerk, and you hear him say, put up your dirks, put up your dirks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case anyone, well, I'm guessing people have seen this, but it was a group of bikers outside of a bar. Up comes one of the killer clowns on a trike, uh, on a trike motorized and freaking tricycle. And uh, one of the bikers decides to get a little bit fresh with him and decides to destroy his tricycle. That was not a good move. Nope. And and actually, you kind of felt bad the way the camera focused on the little clown's face. You kind of felt bad for him a little bit. You just destroyed my tricycle. So now I'm going to jump out of frame, come back in frame with boxing gloves, take a swing and decapitate you. And just, I mean, you know, wow, your head goes flying. And then he's menacing again, but for a minute you kind of have sympathy for him. And he was actually, I think, that little clown is my favorite of the clowns because he'd always do the weirdest little things like... Seen later on, they kill a guy using pies, 
And then he, at the ending, they're leaving the scene, and he stops, gets a giant cherry, and puts it on top of this giant pie sundae they made of this guy. It's perfect. You can't. I mean, that that is... I think you're right. I think he is the best clown out of all of them. You know, it's comic relief, but also, you know, the subtlety. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, the most sinister, I think, was the one in the prison. Yes. Because the the ventriloquist scene is so... It's... Mooney deserves it, but still, it's so gross. Because you hear that... When he takes his arm out, you have to see this just to watch it, people. Just yeah. you go and you watch it. It's we're just kind of quoting this movie because you really there's nothing to say really about it. We get talk- no, you, you don't want to walk into it. I mean, it, it, when you're watching it, you're not. Don't expect. Uh, you, actually, you you can't even expect like a real like horror, but on a nostalgia aspect, it, it's it's campy from the beginning, and and it's what it's supposed to be. So you got to kind of just sit back. Enjoy the the synthesizer soundtrack, which Zion and I were talking about. It's fan, fantastic, oh, yeah, and the soundtrack's yeah. one of the stars. And just enjoy the movie. I mean, it's it's nothing really is going to come as you, I mean, you don't really care about the characters. You don't care. I mean, it's it's not like that. It's a fun movie. That's all it is. Yeah, you actually like rooting for the clowns at ha- part of the way. I was rooting for him the whole time. I mean, aside from the farmer going down, uh, I, I was rooting for, for him all across the board. I mean, the, the characters were so shallow and so vapid. Like, can we just kill these guys? I mean, Chris Titus is in the movie. He has He's like a bit part. He gets killed immediately. I found that out from... I didn't even recognize him in the movie, to be fair. I, I found out, like, I IMDb'd it, and it's like, oh, Chris Titus? Oh, my God. Yeah, he is. And it was probably one of his first roles, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And it just, but, you know, he was the only, like, because Mooney, he's a douchebag who's mean. He abuses his prisoners. He throws them away just because he hates everybody. And when people go to him for help, he's like, no, 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 no. I went through Vietnam. They're messing with me. They're trying to drive old Mooney crazy. I was like, no, old Mooney is crazy. Damn it. Agent Orange, Agent Orange, Agent Orange. Like, no, 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 no. You're nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then our main character, figure this out. Okay, so you have our main character and the main love interest. But then she goes to visit her friend, Dink Dink, who's her ex, and yet the friend now becomes part of this weird, I'm going to protect you, Debbie, thing, and they're kind of together, but she's with the other guy, but not, and what? And that's where it gets funky. It's like Dear Penthouse Forum. That's where it just gets... As far as the plot's concerned, you kind of go, okay, I I don't know what's going on here, and it's a little creepy. Yeah, at the end you're like, are they hooked up? Are they together? Are they not? You kind of want to see the clowns kill them. Oh, yeah. Takes it back to the entire movie. It's like every character in there, it's like, I'd be fine with them all going down. You know, clowns can kill him. I'd, I'd be okay with that. But I'm not caring about anyone. But now here's what I'm wondering. Outside the farmer. That's my guy. Obviously, they eat the people in the con candy. What do they do with people in the balloons? Because mm. another woman was taken away in a balloon. Um, I'm willing to bet that on their planet, they have their own version of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And that that's what she's doing there. I mean, we got Garfield. They've got a woman in a balloon. It would be, you know, I could see that happening. I mean, I I can't think of something else, but that's what I'm going with. For a moment, I thought something a little bit more sinister, like the fact is, but there are female clowns, so that throws that out the window. 
Oh, we're talking about breeding? Yeah, that's what, for a second, I thought, because there were women who were in the balloons. Okay, this is this is taking a quasi-sexual turn. I think we can, uh... But this is... I'm, I'm behind that. I could, you know, at least someone can get behind that. I mean, you know, there's there is clown porn out there. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> that's why I'm kind of like, I don't know. It didn't matter, but I like the reveal with what they did with them. Because you see our favorite fat, mean clown show up with his crazy straw. and just Yes. But then you saw the word big ones, and they had little itty-bitty ones, so they were do- killing children, too. Yeah, but they, they didn't want... It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where they couldn't actually show it, detail it. It was brought out, but it is filmed in the 80s. You can allude to those things. Yeah. The movie is very... It's censored, but it's not, because you kind of see stuff happen, but you don't. Like, you... It kind of cuts away quick, so you don't see a decapitation, but you see a flying head, or you see the person get turned into stuff, but you don't see them explode, and when the clowns get defeated, we're not saying how, you gotta watch the movie, they spin around and turn to, like, a top. And you know what, so, Sam, I have to check the rating on that. Is it rated R or PG-13? Um, there wasn't a lot of profanity in it, so... I, 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 that's what I'm thinking. I, I, uh, you know what, I'm just checking it right now. It's PG-13, which makes sense, because there, I don't see a reason for it to be rated R. It's, uh, like I said, the gore is minimal. I mean, and even then, it's, it's not, it's nothing crazy. No profanity, no real nudity, and just being tongue-in-cheek humor. Uh, what can we say? It, it was made at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, a city of Watsonville. Overall, I think you could show, I'm not gonna say you should show it to your kids, but it's one of those things where you're, you know, if you've got a kid that's seven or eight years old. Uh, I'd say ten. It's not, yeah, ten. It's it's not it's not going to break their spirit at all. I mean, it it might creep them out with clowns, but let's face it, none of us like clowns. So it's not going to. Uh, it's not like showing them, you know, Dawn of the Dead or anything. Well, maybe the story's right, where they said that maybe clowns did come in the past, killed the dinosaurs, left, and that's why we have the stories of clowns. Very well, could be. In yeah. which case, I do not want to be around clowns. Well, we'll find out next year when they make the sequel. Do we have any casting on that yet? Uh, the actual, the guy, Grant uh, Kramer, the guy who played Mike Tobacco. Yes, his last name was Tobacco. <laughs> he is going to be in the movie. So he's making, make, okay, making a comeback. Uh, he's a, a producer, so he's going to have a cameo, and they're going to have a bunch of no-names. Is it going to be, it's not theatrical, is it for Netflix, or are we no, talking theatrical. on uh, sci-fi? It's, it's theatrical. It's gonna theatrical? Be, it's going to be... No movie. shit. That's, uh, wow. Oh, they're gonna I'm impressed. They want Chris Christopherson in the movie. Oh, well, if they can get that. Okay, so they haven't started filming yet. Uh, they're going to start, the, apparently, according, they're just getting the distribution deal from a company, and then they'll start filming. They're already ready to go. Well, you know, you, you, you name some big actors, it's, it's gonna be one of those things where it's, uh, you know, it's a cool classic, you can pull it off, if you can pull off a, uh, a sequel to it, man, it might do really well in the theaters. By all means, I mean, we've seen that happen many times. Uh, we've, we've resurrected movies, we've done, you know, sequels from the 80s that you wouldn't expect to come back. Well, well they have, so if they do it right, Hell, you know what? They really could even expand upon what's there. If they keep in the same vein as the original Killer Clowns, with 
you know, technology we have now could be pretty good, as long as they keep the humor. They have to keep that. Well, apparently it's going to be 3D, and it's going to be, the clowns are going to be CG, which I feel is kind of a detriment. I think that they should make mm. it practical effects. Because there's no CG in this movie at all. It's all practical effects. It looks amazing. It has aged really well. Yeah, I, I think uh, the CG aspect, I mean, CG looks really good when it's done right. Unfortunately, CG on a budget, well, and it loses something anyways, but CG on a budget especially, I mean, if you want to see CG on a budget, you just check out check out the first Resident Evil, and there's a couple scenes in the movie where things just look god-awful fake. Yeah. And, and, and that's where you can really kick yourself in the ass. They might be, it's too bad, because they might be better off just, you know, actually using makeup and, you know, puppeteering again, especially with the technology we have now. Yeah, that's like, too bad. I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that I think that might take away some of the the uh, uh, charisma of the clowns. No, I agree. It just well, we'll see what happens. It's a year away. I'll go to see it. And it's gonna be fun and amazing. Now, now my MVP for the movie, all our MVPs, is gonna be John Vernon because he just. He takes a lot of shit in the movie, and then he ends up becoming a, a puppet to the clowns. And it's kind of creepy, but he totally deserves it, and I think he just stands out a little bit. He's not I the worst think, actor. I think you're right. I really, I mean, if, if I had to choose one, I would probably go that way, but I'll, I'll choose someone else, something we talked about before. Royal Dano, Farmer Gene. Uh, just uh, not in the movie very much, but just so good. I mean, you, you, the, the lines he delivered, to me, actually made the movie. Like, it, right off the bat, it set the tone. If you're going to start the movie and you're watching the movie and you're, you're trying to figure out where it's going, how is the humor going to play out, uh, just, just pay attention to Farmer Gene. <laughs> Because he, he, the, the, that's that sets the tone right there. He's great. His name is Gene uh, Green Jeans. <laughs> Gene Green Jeans. Yes. Uh, at that point, you're like, yeah, okay, this is this is ridiculous. And the accent and everything is totally uh, so tongue in cheek, but it's so good. It really does remind me of Stephen King off a of Creep Show, except he even, you know, that that was that was really was just Stephen King kind of doing his thing and wanting to be in the movie. This guy really did just envelop himself in the role of just, man, of a hillbilly farmer with uh, delivering lines that really, I mean, <laughs> you would normally feel uncomfortable delivering as an actor, but he just delivered them so great because they they were so funny. You no. just can't, you, you can't listen to it and not laugh. Now, what if he actually didn't know they were making a movie and they just filmed him? Um, that actually makes me smile more. He's really <laughs> that, that, that would be fan. great. He's like, I'm just showing up to a tent looking for clowns. I don't know what you're filming me for. It's like, this is I, my I, dog, I, Pooh Bear. Okay with that. Where'd he go? Pooh Bear! Yeah, he's just like, uh, I wasn't even cast in a movie. I just had my dog and he disappeared and suddenly a clown shows up. The hell? They offered me ten bucks to go to, you know, just, just walk through the forest. <laughs> I, I, th that would even make it better. That would make it just hysterical. Right there with you, Zan. My LVP, the least valuable player in this movie, I mean, there are so many to choose from. I think I'm going to go with just 
the entire main cast because those three people couldn't act out of a paper bag. Mm, I, I, I'm right there with you. I actually, like, I, I was going to go with Mike. Mike Tobacco, but yeah. Because his, like, he's like, yes, I was like, I'm going to hook up with this girl. Wait, no, I want to explore this now. Yeah, that was just a... Oh, <laughs> just a horrible... I, Acting-wise, anyone could play any role. The, 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 the stars of the movie were the clowns. Yeah. And you don't give a shit about any of the other actors, really. I mean, some of them deliver some funny lines, but they're written that way. They're all... You could replace them with anyone. They're all fodder for the clowns. That's really what it is. All we need are the clowns. Now... Actually, the MVP, you know what, is the soundtrack, because the soundtrack was amazing, and the Dickies do a great job with their the actual theme of the movie, because this is, as we were saying earlier, we were talking earlier about this, the theme is a song which was written for this movie back in a time when you would write songs specifically for the movie. Right. You, you had, uh, it wasn't just... I mean, nowadays we have you know movies that come out and it's a great song, but you've heard it a thousand times, and that's the title sequence. It, this is the era of uh, we were talking about the Toxic Avenger theme, which escapes me. Zan, you know that one. It's a body talk. By, body uh, talk. Uh, and then you have like you know in the '80s comedies, you have that they they did Footloose. You had you know with Loggins. Actually, I, I was going to name several Loggins movies like Top Gun and Caddyshack. But you actually had songs being written for the movies, Ghostbusters, you know, famous stuff like that. This movie, the soundtrack really, actually, I had this written down, that as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, you brought up the MVP. I almost wanted to say synthesizers were the star of the MVP, or the star of the movie. Because the soundtrack was, was what I really enjoyed about it. Yeah. No, the soundtrack is the quintessential part, the part you remember about it, because it is this very weird, it takes that that it turns it on its head, and also the way the clowns, their voices are synthesized, so it's not a regular laugh or a cackle, it's more like a disturbing, just a maniacal yeah. a, a, a maniacal uh overtone, basically. And, and it fits in with the soundtrack perfectly. It's just so creepy, but it works so well. That's all we can really say about the soundtrack, I think. I mean, we've gone over most of it. I mean, favorite scene, I still think, is the pizza scene, but then, realistically, it's the scene with the pies. Yeah, the clown, I would... Cloud uh, pies, I, I agree, yes. I mean, but there are a lot of choice scenes in this movie that you remember really good. I mean, the the structure of the story is terrible. But the, the it's the choice scenes that make you want to come see this. <coughs> I, I think yeah, I think you're right. My favorite scene probably is actually it's one of those things where my favorite scene may differ because I had the reaction of my girlfriend while I'm watching the movie, and I put the movie on pause for a second and uh, stepped outside for a moment. I come back and she's laughing about it because on my computer monitor, there's the pharmacist just with his mouth agape, just completely paused, you know, freaking out over everyone, all the, all the clowns in his, in his pharmacy. 
And just that, that, that became kind of a favorite scene of mine because he just, it, it, when you look at it on a pause, you just like, I can't believe this is happening. And that scene goes on for a while. They keep cutting back, back and to forth it, yeah. to the pharmacy scene. Because first there's one, then two clowns, then three clowns, and it just gets worse. It goes on for like 20 minutes. I mean, not the whole, but it, it cuts back, and then you, you, you think he might be killed or whatever else, and he keeps cutting back to it, and he's just got more and more people there, and he's on the phone, and he doesn't know what's going on. That's a great scene. And as you said, the lead-in is great when you see him act like an animatronic, then he goes after the two girls, and then it goes further into that, and it just builds slowly into that, and it adds to the mythology of these aliens that really, they look like it, but they don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Let's get to the part most of us have been waiting for, and that is the rating. Now, for those who don't know, we don't use typical ratings. We don't use stars or thumbs up or numbers or letters. We have phrases. Now, our lowest rating is protest outside your local red box so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. That's if, if it's a really terrible movie, you don't want to rent it. or even look like, at it. like The Room. We've got that one, yeah. Uh, yeah, but The Room also kind of goes, it's typical. It goes kind of so terrible, it goes to kind of good. In a really weird sort of way. Work crosses a line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- but then if there's like one good redeeming factor, then we have it, then our rating is have it on the background while surfing the internet for porn. I can be down with that. Yep. I do that with a lot of movies. Yep. And then our middle of the ground, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of okay. Is watch lunch in theaters or on Blu-ray DVD. Then if it's really good, but not the perfect movie, it's going to be borrowed from a friend and don't return. And for this movie, I'd say you don't return unless you're offered cotton candy. I'm right there with you. I, I think I, I would put it a little bit under that, unless you're... Well, hold on. I'm, I haven't given the rating. And then finally, okay. our highest rating, if it's the greatest movie ever, and unfortunately, well, I love this movie, I love the animatronics, it's not getting this, would be really, really, really fucking cool. And for Killer, uh, what would you give it out of our five ratings? I'm gonna go with uh, you know the thing is you wanna you wanna watch it if it's on a television show you know if you if you on a network or it's on Hulu or one of those we definitely watch it I I, I don't want people to avoid it I probably and I might even be on the fence here too because you're at the aspect of bar with a friend oh no no, no bar from a friend I think maybe I might be there too if you haven't seen it I'm in the actually once. To watch ones in theaters. Really? It's no, because there are scenes which are really good that you. If it's on TV, I'll stop watch it for ten minutes, but then I'll be like, eh, okay, it's back to the crap, and walk away. You know what? I think it would be more enjoyable to watch it in theaters. The, the catch is finding one that plays it, and I do know there are certain theaters around the country that do play classic cult movies. Uh, you just have to find them. I think the theater that does the Blob shows this one too. Well, if that's the case, or if you're at a place that happens to show Rocky Horror, yep. uh, you might be able to talk them into playing something like this, because they do tend to play older movies, cult movies, those things. If they play Princess Bride, if they play any of those movies that aren't new, but they have a following, maybe you can convince them to play Killer Clowns. I mean, really, it's one showing. And if it's only one showing, they might clean up. Yeah, That's since they're all see it. digital, they just download the movie. They don't have to pay insane amount of fees for it anymore. No, that's why we have torrents. I mean, you know, uh, well, we're, no, I mean, it's licensing, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, saying, licensing, whatever's yeah. not illegal. Yes, 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 yes. Say them all, say them all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you're going to go uh, borrow from a friend? I would say borrow, I would say borrow from a friend. Like, definitely, I can't put it at the high end, just because it, it's not... 
even like classic ones like Evil Dead and those movies, I still can't say really, really fucking cool. I still say a ball from a friend unless it just like Army of Darkness would be a movie I would say really, really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. With a movie like this, because it is cult, I would say borrow from a friend, at least say you saw it. Yeah. Because I waited a hell of a long time to see it. You've seen it before, Zan. And uh, I always felt kind of left out because a lot of my friends in high school had seen it. Yeah. You got to see it. You just have to see it. And what, you know what? You might not like it, but you're going to get the references at least when someone brings it up because people are going to bring it up inevitably. This is a movie you watch with your friends. Maybe you get some beers out. Maybe get some rum out. Maybe you do you watch it while playing cards. You'll have a good time watching with friends. You're, you know what, Sam? You're right. This should be a movie that you watch kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000 oh, style. Yeah, totally. If you can get buddies, just sit down, enjoy it. Like I said, have a couple beers. You might even be doing something else. Like I said, playing cards, whatever, playing in the background. You're still, it's something that can be enjoyed during a different activity or in a group. Yes. That's probably that's probably my downfall with it because just watching it with headphones on, I think I would have been better off watching it in a group. Probably enjoyed it phenomenally if that was the case. Oh yeah, no, it's still it's still enjoyable. It's not a bad it movie. Is. It's 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 a it's a movie. It's a weird little movie which surprisingly was more popular than they thought it would be, and it's got some really great si- uh, special effects. That's what it comes down to. Uh, I would love to. I, I've heard rumors that at like Chiller Theater and those sci-fi uh, horror conventions, the Kyoto Brothers actually will bring one of the like remaining animatronic head with them, with also one of the critters. So you know, just picture that clown just sitting there staring at you, just moving. Ugh. Somebody needs to cosplay as. I don't know if anyone's done it yet, but somebody needs to do that. That would be a great outfit. Oh yeah. They could get it right and just figure a way to get that that uh, laugh going. Well, hell, I think at uh, what was it either this year, last year, or the previous year, we had somebody Ed two hundred nine from RoboCop outfit. So for crying out loud, if you if you're going to put that much effort into it, I think we can do a clown. Oh, Ed two hundred nine, whose only arch nemesis is stairs. <laughs> defeated by the one of the oldest architectural aspects of architecture. That's oh, yeah. redundant. So yeah, it, it, defeated by not RoboCop, but just by I need to walk down a plane. I will admit, though, the the redesign for them in the new RoboCop wasn't bad. I still have to watch that one. I, I was kind of boycotting RoboCop because I saw the PG-13 rating, which really bothered me uh, because it kind of... The whole idea behind RoboCop was... It's it's a super uberly violent movie. And, and, yeah, it was a commentary on society, too. So the fact that they, you know, redid it as PG-13 just kind of irked that, me the wrong way. But that's the case nowadays. It's all they're doing is now they're... Uh, except for Dread. Dread really just embraced Judge Dread. And I, I, want to, I would like to see more movies just kind of embrace it. It's a shame that we're not getting a sequel. It really is. Are, uh, did they completely confirm it? I mean, I, granted, of course, nothing's yeah, Alex forever in Hollywood, but uh, they say no. He said, yeah, it's it's dead in the can. Even though uh, Carl Urban was so psyched to do it, every all the fans were psyched to do it, it's just they're not getting the money. Can they do a Kickstarter or a fund anything? He had, I mean, Veronica Mars brought it back. He, he had some, he, when they asked him about it, he said something in an interview. I don't remember what it was, though. It wasn't 
I don't know. I gotta look it up. But there was he said some statement that it was it's not that it wasn't possible that they just feel like if they had to kickstart it, they're not gonna get it from the the difference. I don't know. Because it really would be interesting if somebody real because it was such a good one. Uh, I mean, let's face it, the original Judge Dredd. I I actually didn't hate Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider. I thought it was a step in the right direction. Oh yeah. Um, It wasn't fantastic, but I I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people want to say. But the the you know the actual Dredd was a great Judge Dredd movie, and it's too bad that that is kind of dead in the water. And I, the thing is, is I remember seeing advertisements for it in the theater. They didn't get the support they needed. Uh, they really, it, given the quality of the movie, it should have got a lot more support. They oh, did a great job, really great acting, great effects. I watched it and I, I saw in theaters in 3D, I brought someone who had never seen any or heard about 2000 AD. Has never heard about it. He loved it. We actually recorded... Episode 77 of the movie review, where we review both dreads, because he'd never seen either of them. And after we saw the new one, he's like, do you have the original? I was like, I got the original. We end up watching it, because ironically, I live next to, well, about, I don't know, mile from Armando Sante. So kind of you know, kind of cool to have, uh, you know. Anyway. Right. Right. But point is, we saw it, he, and you could hear our reaction of it, but he'd never seen the original dread before. And I bet he loved it. I mean, I bet he loved the... Was he familiar with Dread at all? No, he wasn't. He loves it. Oh. He's a Superman nut. He has a tattoo on his chest. Mm, he's very really? happy with Superman. He's very happy with Superman's new power, which um, that's for a different podcast, but a little much. Oh, or what is it? He really, like, you know, besides invulnerability and... You, know, <laughs> uh, you can go down the list with Superman's powers. Yeah, but Dread, I mean... If you hear the interviews with Sylvester Stallone, he admits the movie was, like, he didn't like the fact that they made him take the helmet off, which is... Yeah, no, it should have stayed on. Yeah, he wanted the helmet on, but he said, we paid for your face, you're going to see your face. This was so much better where you didn't see it at all. Like, the only time you kind of see it is in the beginning in the silhouette. That's it. So you kind of had, and I never heard that about Sylvester Stallone with the Judge Dredd, but you kind of had Sylvester Stallone... Even probably not a comic book nut, I'm guessing. I'm guessing he's not, but uh, he's probably loyal to the character. Yeah. Um, you had him doing the same thing Ryan Reynolds does with Deadpool, where it's like, oh, you're making him so he's not cursing? Well, then fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going to be in the movie. Screw it. I'm walking off. But they, but they, they kind of forced him to do it in that way, and that's why we have this movie, which is kind of cool but kind of bad, too. I mean, I would have loved to see the Block Wars done in the new movie. That would, yeah, I'm it, sp- you know what? They really could have done it, too. Yeah, cause it I wonder why they passed that numbers. up. Um, the sequel was going to be with the, the Dark Judges, and that, I don't know if they could have done it, though. Would have been cool, but I don't think they could have done it. It's it's really is too bad, and and you know what? If anyone's listening to this and you know can actually raise money for it, I'm willing to bet if they threw enough money at them, they could do it. Oh, yeah. But it would take a hell of a lot. I mean, you're talking... You know, most Kickstarters and, you know, all these movie Kickstarters fund anything, you know, you're, you're really fortunate. Well, you're really fortunate if you raise half a million. You're really doing good if you raise a couple million. You're going to need more than that for the sequel to Dread. Yeah, you're going to need so, six, they said 10 million they need, and they did 
they did the first one on five million. So ten, it would have. But you know what? Ten's not that bad, though. I think they could make that back. That's the disturbing thing. I mean, uh, ten's yeah, it's ten million dollars. But you, if as long as it got a wide release, you could do that in opening weekend if you marketed it correctly. It's it's that's sad that they're you know kind of hanging their hat on we can't market this. Well, I think I think they probably could. Yeah, it's a shame because I think that they just barely made budget. Um, oh no, they didn't make budget. They didn't even. They were short by four point six. So they didn't, really. Yeah, so it was a bomb. That's a shame. And I don't understand it too because I saw previews for it. I watched it, and I I remember I didn't get to see it in theaters because no one was showing it, which I don't understand. It just it was a good movie. I think some people just have bad taste because of. I it was, but that wasn't a, again. Joe Shred was technically, if I remember correctly, with Sylvester Stallone, was a box office success given how much it cost to make. I think they made money on it. Yeah, they did, but it's just it's a, you know it's. I guess it, that kind of is a good lesson. It's about uh, casting and uh, you know, being careful with your brand. Although, you know, the public will do their thing and. Uh, Nobody cares about. Well, aside from the super fans, no one cares about the super fans. Yeah. They just, you know, it's what what can we market to the masses? Even though, hey, it's dread. You can market that to the masses. You know, they don't have to know the background. It's a good movie. It's a kick-ass movie. It's oh, fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's good. Some people say it's a ripoff of the Raid Redemption. This actually came was made a year beforehand. Well, there you go. But, but still, the Raid Redemption is an awesome movie. I haven't seen that. It's well, that's we'll talk about that in another podcast with that one. Um, I have to catch up on that, but I'm writing it down right now because I've never seen it. Um, it's got some. We, oh, well, anyway, we'll talk about that also. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, besides that, uh, want to hear any of our earlier episodes where we talk about different movies, including our dread review? You can find it at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin@gmail.com or I'm at zan@spirekin.com. We're setting up a email for Michael. It'll be in a little bit. I just got to get everything all evened out. What else? Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll be coming to a con near you, hopefully. We'll be going to, well, I got uh, Anime Boston, Zenkai Con in PA. I think I'm going to be able to make it to Sakura Con in Seattle. Maybe. We'll see. I would totally go there, except uh, I, 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 I'm I new to the show, so oh, we'll yeah. see what happens eventually. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. Okay, so, for those of you who don't know, it's that part of all we're for. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. The, the Dodecahedron, Dodecahedron of Movies. movies. Now, 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 for those of you who don't know, the Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll the Dodecahedron of Movies, and whenever number it lands on, that's what we're going to be reviewing the next episode out of this list of nine that I get Michael to randomize. That's what I'm here for. And if you're probably wondering why is the math wrong on that, there's a reason. If it's 1 through 9, that's the movie specifically. If it lands on a 10, then Michael picks for next week. Lands on Ooh, a let's not hope that happens. If it lands on an 11, roll again. And if it's 12, it's my choice. So we're going to roll and see what we're going to review in the next episode. So let's roll. Okay, landed on number 7. Danny Deckchair. Ooh, uh, Aussie movie. Yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. All I know about this movie is it's starring the Rafe 
it is. Oh, okay. No, you know what? You just met. I had to Google it real quick, but I do remember this movie coming out. So, yes. uh, oh, this might be pretty good. Yeah, this is apparently about a guy who says "fuck it all" and puts balloons on a chair and flies away. Which isn't so. I think. I mean, there's been certain aspects of someone doing that with a big hot air balloon. So it's not incredibly unrealistic either, too. So that's uh, that should be good. Well, we'll see how it goes in the next episode. Should be fun. But that's that seems like it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it, actually. This is something I, I do remember seeing previews for this, and it's, uh, eh, you know, it, it, it should be fun, actually. It's got a good review, uh, or got a good rating on IMDb. Not like that's a complete, uh, <laughs> it's not the best measure in the world, but uh, generally, uh, you know, when something gets an incredibly favorable review, I'm not going to absolutely hate it. So I, I think it's... I. I'm willing to bet it's going to be pretty good. And I think it's an Australian movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it's uh, Rafe Fines, Miranda Otto, and Justine Clark. Uh, director is Jeff Balsmeyer, or Balsmeyer, who I don't know if he's done anything else. I would be checking on that right now, and oh, oh, did he do Heat? Well, I'm, uh, he, I, he probably didn't direct it, but he's listed for Heat and Scent of a Woman and Big, which is, and Last of the Mohicans, which, this is a pretty impressive, I don't know what he, uh, uh, art department. Okay, so he's artistic and he's working. He's artistic, with- yeah. So, so, but, so he's got, a, he's got experience working with some really good actors. Yeah, and, uh, Rafe, uh, I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but Rafe, or Reese, he is a good actor. Even though he says he will never work in the United States ever again. Oh, really? Uh, Based on how we uh, we do business here, or how? Uh, no, he just got pissed off after Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, well, yeah, join the club. It's well, that's for another. That's for another day. That kind of <laughs> that 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 rant. So, um, with that, I think that's it for this episode. So, that in mind, this is Michael, and uh. Well. I'll be greased and fried. What in blue blazes the circus doing up in these parts? I love the circus. Come on, maybe we can get us some free passes. Come on, Pooh. <laughs> and this is your host, Zahn, for the Spirekin Movie Review. And my favorite quote from 1988's Killer Clowns from Out of Space is going to be... What are you going to do with those pies, boys? That's it. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Stay safe, boys and girls.
What are you in for? It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. It's not a shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? <laughs> Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Maybe they're just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh -oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. Something funny's happening around here. What incarnation's going on here? Apart with my bare hands! Ah!